Welcome to Fertility Friendly Food. I'm your host, Stephanie Velarkis, accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist and director of The Dietologist, an Australian-based practice focused on optimizing fertility through nutrition. This podcast will bring you snack-sized episodes for you to learn, grow, and be inspired by the latest research, facts, and practical lifestyle tips about eating well for optimal fertility, helping you cut through the confusion and myths to take back some of the control on your fertility journey, one bite at a time. Welcome back to another episode of Fertility Friendly Food Podcast. My name is Steph. I am your host, an expert fertility dietitian and nutritionist and founder of The Dietologist. And I'm bringing you a little bonus episode. Since you loved this episode this time last year, I thought I would bring it back. So this episode is 10 things that you can do for 2023 to optimize your fertility. So if you are trying to conceive in 2023, then now is the time. Well, in fact, about three months ago was the time, but it's never too late to get your body and mind prepared to become parents. Because after all, parenthood starts well before your baby is born. It starts before they're even conceived. So I know this is a common time where people are thinking a lot about preparing for pregnancy or seeking fertility advice or planning for fertility treatments uh, in the new year, because I know it to be true because on social media and also our inquiries, our inbox, there's just a huge uptick in demand and questions and people signing up to our one-on-one fertility nutrition coaching programs for that next level support. So We love to see so many people being proactive about their nutrition, diets, and lifestyles during the preconception and fertility prep period. But before we get into my 10 things, this bonus episode is proudly brought to you by our free preconception lifestyle checklist. It's a simple cheat sheet to get your lifestyle sorted for the new year, covering supplementation, nutrition, other lifestyle factors, and the environment to set yourself up and your partner up for the best chance of conceiving a healthy baby in 2023. Almost 5,000 future parents have downloaded their copy, so hop to it. The link is in our show notes. So if you're hoping to optimize your fertility and conceive in 2023, I wanted to share with you our top 10 tips to hopefully help you on your way. Number one, preconception blood work. So it is so, so, so important that your overall health and well-being are in tip-top shape before you attempt to try to conceive. So head to your GP or your primary care provider for those in the US and make sure that your preconception workup is up to date. Your doctor will usually run a few basic tests like ensuring you're free from STIs, making making sure your vaccine levels are up to date. So some common ones are varicella or the chickenpox, rubella, measles, mumps, etc. Checking your thyroid function and generally some nutritional lab work is done as well, such as vitamin D, iron studies, vitamin B12, which is particularly relevant if you are vegan or vegetarian or plant-based. And usually a few more labs are run as well. So I do have a 
episode from season two, all about preconception blood work. So I will link that episode for you in the show notes if you want to go back and have a listen, but make sure you book a long appointment with your GP and ensure you don't leave it till, you know, the month before you want to start trying to conceive, because if there is some remedial work that needs to be done, whether that be with your vaccines or with your nutrition, those things are usually have a bit of a a time period that they need to correct. So you can't correct your iron deficiency or vitamin D deficiency overnight with the exception of maybe some infusions. But in most circumstances with supplementation, dietary changes need some time. And similarly, remediating low immunity levels with a booster vaccine, usually there is a cooling off a period of which is recommended you don't conceive in after that vaccine. So those things are super, super critical, and this needs to be done irrespective of your fertility history. So even if you're never tried before, this is what should be done as your first step, everybody. And that includes male partners as well. For those who are conceiving with a male partner, they should be heading to the GP and having their full batch of blood work done as well. So super important. I cannot stress this enough. I often see people coming to us six or 12 months down the line of trying to conceive and are yet to get some basic preconception blood work done um, because they just didn't think that anything was wrong to go and get some blood tests done and their partner hasn't had a blood test done in five or 10 years or something like that. So really, really important. I cannot stress this enough that that is your first step. Okay. All right, tip number two, reducing your endocrine disrupting chemical exposure. So everyday toxins that are found in plastic containers, wrappings, thermal receipts, cleaning supplies and cosmetics and so, so much more can interact with our hormone function as both females and males. Dietary exposure seems to be one of the biggest contributors. So switching out things like your plastic drink bottle and coffee cup for stainless steel instead and ceramic or glass are also great options. Just a quick reminder that even if it says it's BPA free, it doesn't mean it's endocrine disrupting chemical free because a lot of the substitutes that I use like BPS or BPF to give a similar kind of plastic texture may actually be just as harmful from an endocrine disrupting chemical perspective. And this is universally true for people who are trying to conceive, whether you're male or female, we should be aiming to reduce our EDC exposure. Now, like I always say, we can't live in a bubble. So we're going to have some exposure that's unavoidable, but do your best. And particularly with the dietary exposures, do your best to try and minimize as much as practical. So especially reheating in plastic, we really want to avoid. We would rather reheat in glass or in a ceramic plate, for example. And don't forget, we've got that episode with Lucy Lines from Two Lines Fertility, where she covers everything you need to know about everyday toxins as well. Tip number three, count colors, not calories, as I always like to say. Antioxidants found in fruit and vegetables are so, so important for our general health and well-being and preventing our cells from developing chronic diseases and metabolic health concerns, which can indirectly affect our fertility as well. But the best things about antioxidants are that they help protect both egg and sperm from something called reactive oxygen species or ROS, which can absolutely 
harm the DNA that lives within both egg and sperm and also the general cell quality. So it is so important that we break out of our rut of broccoli, carrot and corn if that's you or, you know, spinach, tomato, cucumber all the time. Branch out, explore different types of plants, different types of colors because each different type of color is going to give us different kinds of antioxidants to support our health and well-being. And fun fact, many IVF clinics actually use a medium for the eggs and sperm and the embryos that are enriched with antioxidants as well. So it's super important that we create an environment that helps protect them from any potential damage. Tip number four is movement. Moving your body regularly is so much more than just the physical benefits. There are so many mental health and mood boosting effects too. And we want to be in a healthy state of mind wherever possible when trying to conceive or also navigating fertility treatments, which we know can be just as stressful as navigating a diagnosis like cancer and research does show that there is just as much strain on our mental health as receiving a diagnosis of cancer which is you know a very powerful analogy I do think because I think in general society we are often downplaying and expecting people to go about their life as per usual navigating fertility treatments and you know often they are not sharing that information with their employer, for example, and it can make it additionally much more challenging to have an optimal quality of life and particularly when it comes to mental health. So back to exercise real quick. Got a bit derailed on the mental health chat. I'm just so passionate about it. But over-exercising can have negative effects on your reproductive hormones, can inhibit ovulation, can mess around with the luteal phase and the amount of estrogen and progesterone that we produce because of the suppression effect on LH and FSH. However, on the flip, under-exercising can contribute to excess body fat accumulating, uh, insufficient blood flow. It may negatively affect our metabolic health, which can reduce fertility too. So there is a bit of a Goldilocks rule here of striking the right balance between safe exercise, uh, particularly when undergoing, say, fertility treatments where the ovaries are being stimulated and there's an increased risk of something called ovarian torsion where the ovary actually twists on itself, which is incredibly rare, but basically don't be going for intense runs or uh, doing gymnastics or anything like that when you're in an IVF stimulation protocol. Um, Outside of that, usually you've got a lot more flexibility with the types of activity you can be doing. If you're not sure about how much exercise is too much or not enough, uh, I think tuning into your own cycle, your own body, and also consulting with an exercise professional like an exercise physiologist, it's a great place to start. We have a couple of episodes with exercise physiologist Courtney Pollock from her exercise physiology back in our catalog, if you will, of podcasts. So tune into those and we do talk a little bit about that fine line between how much is the right amount to exercise. All right, tip number five, 
keep a track, track your cycles, get copies of your results, keep a note of your appointments in your phone, calendar or diary, journal your emotional experiences throughout your journey. While some of this has a really intent kind of purpose, as in knowing when you're ovulating is super helpful to time intercourse to conceive, it's also about taking care of your mental well-being too, which is too often overlooked when going through any kind of delay to conception or infertility or even anxiety of trying to conceive. I think a lot of people who are trying for the first time feel anxious about their fertility, when it's going to happen for them. And, you know, when it doesn't happen on the first month or the second month or the third month, they feel like something must be wrong. Although we consider that generally quite normal. Even if you're doing everything right, there is this kind of magical X factor when it comes to conception, which is why it makes it so challenging to navigate because there is a few unknowns that we still have as scientists. So, What's important is that you look after yourself during this period mentally as well. I do talk a little bit about fertility anxiety in a previous episode. So if you want to hop back to that episode, uh, I'll leave it linked in the show notes. That is a great listen. And I share a little bit about my own fertility anxiety as well. But like I said, I think tuning into your mental health as well as your physiology and keeping a bit of a track and, and being organized with these things can be really helpful to not only conceive, but also make sure that you're looking after you on this path to parenthood. All right, tip number six, eat fish and seafood a few times a week. Outside of mercury-rich fish like swordfish, shark, marlin, broadbill, orange roughy, flake, catfish, and king mackerel, for example, pretty much all varieties of fish and seafood are really great for both female and male fertility. They're rich in zinc, iodine, selenium, and oily fish species like salmon, ocean trout, sardines, and anchovies provide valuable omega-3 fatty acids known for their anti-inflammatory benefits to help support egg health, sperm health, promote healthy blood flow for implantation, help support baby's brain development, eye development, uh, reduce the risk of preterm labor in pregnancy. I mean, really, the the benefits of omega-3s, I could talk about them endlessly. And in fact, I have done so in another podcast episode. So uh, if you would like to hear me, uh, you know, what's what's the saying? Wax, wane, uh, like basically write poetry about an ode to omega-3s, if you will. That is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Then tune into the omega-3 pod. All right, tip number seven, go easy on the alcohol. In an ideal world, both partners should be completely abstinent from alcohol when trying to conceive or pursuing fertility treatments. However, depending on your lifestyle um, and and different factors, that may not be that practical. Uh, So it depends on your values, your social calendar, and how long you've been trying for. So for someone who's just starting out for the first time and really wants to optimize everything and they're not big drinkers in the first place, then abstaining is usually quite simple and easy. But on the flip, if you see people who've been trying for six years and nothing's really worked and, you know, they've got their best friend's wedding coming up or uh, they want to celebrate their birthday or something like that, you know, sometimes we need to take that uh, social 
element into account more than we do the physical. And in all honesty, very small amounts of alcohol is unlikely to affect fertility. The best advice is abstaining just in case you are pregnant. And particularly if you're in the two-week wait or you've just ovulated and you think you could be pregnant, the advice is obviously to completely avoid alcohol altogether. All right, tip number eight, we're nearly there. Take a prenatal vitamin for at least three months prior to conceiving. Even if your diet is immaculate and your lab work is great, you still need a prenatal vitamin. Everybody, every single body that is trying to get pregnant with the uterus needs at the bare minimum folic acid or folate and iodine to meet their requirements for early pregnancy. And that is because the step up of requirements is quite high. And I can tell you anecdotally, when I do food diary analyses and things like that, iodine is one of those nutrients that rarely people are meeting requirements of through diet alone, unless they're making a big concerted effort to do so. So it's a really important nutrient alongside folic acid for neural tube defect prevention and to support the health of the neural tube, which after all is going to be your baby's future brain and spinal cord is so, so, so important. And we want these nutrients to build up in the body over time rather than, you know, just intervening at the last minute. So really critical that you're taking it for at least three months prior trying to conceive. There is no universal prenatal supplement for everyone. I often get questions, even from fellow healthcare professionals, like what are the what are the most common ones that you're using? You know, which ones are, are good? And honestly, like there's probably a selection of maybe five to ten of similar uh, brands that we do pick from at the dietologist because they just tend to fit what we're looking for quite well. But that's not to say that all of our clients are on those five to ten. We use a the full spectrum of both practitioner and retail available uh, prenatal supplements and match them to your requirements, your blood work, your preferences, um, and any gaps that need to be bridged alongside other supporting prenatal uh, friendly vitamins to help support either your fertility or your pregnancy health. And that's exactly what we do for you in our 30-minute express prenatal supplement consults. We're the home of these types of consultations. It's a 30-minute once-off session where we ask you some questions, review your lab work, and design a bespoke prenatal supplementation plan for you. We give you the brands, the dosage, the optimal timing, and the full micronutrient breakdown. And as well, we tell you exactly where you can source these from to make it as easy as possible for you to nail your prenatal supplement plan. And just 30 minutes on Zoom. I mean, truly, it is one of the most convenient ways that you can get personalized and accurate information about your prenatal supplement needs. All right. Number nine, hydrate yourself. Water. I cannot stress to you enough how important drinking, you know, one and a half to two liters of water per day if you're not very active or in a hot climate, that's the minimum. Hydration is so important. You can be getting all these good nutrients into your diet, but at the end of the day, if none of it is getting transported to the right places, it's not really going to be working for us, right? So, also cervical mucus, which is one of our ovulation markers, 
helps helping us to identify our fertile window and helps the sperm swim to the egg as well is made mostly out of water. So if you're really dehydrated, this is your reminder to put that water bottle front and center at your desk, in your car, you know, with every meal and get sipping regularly throughout the day. If you are not the best with remembering to drink water, find an app like the Drink Water Reminder app. I know the Apple Watch also has a similar feature where it can buzz you every 20 to 30 minutes to remind you to drink water so you get into the habit. I promise once you start drinking more, you will feel more thirsty. It gets easier. But to get going, it is quite challenging. Whilst other liquids like tea, coffee, uh, juices, or even high-fluid foods like cucumbers or watermelon do count, uh, ideally, I I usually recommend aiming for that one and a half to two liters to come from water and anything extra above that is just extra. All right, tip number 10 to round out this episode, seek help. If you're feeling stuck, you're feeling overwhelmed, isolated or alone or wanting to seek new perspectives and options, please seek help. There are doctors, healthcare professionals, support groups and organizations who are ready and waiting and here to help you. There's zero shame in seeking support in any element of your preconception path, whether that be medical, nutrition, exercise, mental health or something else. There is the I can work it out myself, everyone else seems to manage to get pregnant kind of mentality, but you don't have to. You don't have to spend your days and your nights researching information, trying to filter through what is correct and what is incorrect, what's relevant to you and what's not. Let that burden go. Outsource the information gathering and filtering and what's relevant to me to an expert and let them do it for you. And they can tell you what you need to hear and when you need to hear it. And at the end of the day, we are here for you to help support you. So do reach out. Now, I hope this bonus episode has been helpful for you to help you start your 2023 strong when it comes to your preconception health. Please don't forget to leave us a rating and review. You can now leave ratings on Spotify. So be sure to head over there, leave us five stars or head on over to Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. And particularly if you write us a little review, just a few words, we're super, super appreciative. It does like basically skyrocket us in the charts pretty much overnight. And it helps us reach so many more people who need to hear this information. And of course, share it with a family member, a friend, a colleague, and tag us on socials at the underscore dietologist so we can see you tuning in. We are so excited to be working on amazing content for season four. We are shaking up the podcast a little bit. So I'm super, super excited to be doing some more interactive style elements to the podcast, answering your questions each episode. So there is a link to submit a question to the podcast in the show notes for you as well. And we'll be back in late Feb, early March. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, I hope to connect with you on social and wishing you a safe and happy festive season and new year and we will catch you in 2023. Bye everyone.